Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 612 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You've got a few extra days this year, but it is coming up quick. The tax filing deadline for 2023 is Tuesday, April 18th. And as you get your receipts in order, we're here to help all this week. And for the next several, we'll be offering WTMJ tax tips. Tax tips are brought to you by the Neal Group. For less stress with the IRS, visit neilgroup.net. That's N-E-A-L group.net for a free consultation. A deduction you can feel good about. I'm Daria Albinger with today's tax tip. Your donation is tax deductible. You've probably heard that before, but you have to do it the right way. And this year, it's a little different. Tax rules around charitable donations changed uh, this past year, so no more do we have the above-the-line charitable deduction. ABC News business correspondent Alexis Christophoros. It used to be that you would be given $300 for a single person or $600 for a married couple filing jointly without itemizing. Um, if you take the standard deduction, as most taxpayers do, you can no longer use that 300 $600 split. Here's how you do it. Now you would have to actually itemize those charitable deductions, and most people don't have enough deductions to actually itemize. Whether you itemize or not, make sure the organization is on the IRS list of approved charities. You'll find it at irs.gov. With today's tax tip, I'm Daria Albinger, ABC News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. As one streak ends, a new one begins as the Milwaukee Bucks are back in the win column. This is coming after losing on Saturday to snap their 16-game win streak at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers. This time, though, they've taken care of business on the road in Washington and casting a spell on the Wizards by a final score of 117-111. to 111. And The Bucks go the other way, leading by nine. Handoff from Ingles to Giannis, goes galloping down the lane and lays it in with a finger roll of the foul. Giannis will get a chance at his first three-point play of the night. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ would continue on there for Giannis, who finished the game with his fourth triple-double of the season, 23 points, 13 assists, and 10 rebounds. However, it wasn't just Giannis, though. He would get some help off the bench in a big way. As the rebound, secured by Bobby Portis. Now to Giannis. Bucks can get the lead back now. Carter's going to try to on one fell swoop, and he does as he splashes the three ball home from the left wing. His sixth three-pointer of the night. Carter would splash his sixth three-pointer of the night there and ultimately finish the game with 20 points off the bench, helping the Bucks secure their 46th win of the season. Head coach Mike Budenholzer after the game talking about the depth of the team. Yeah, no, I mean, we feel like we've got a lot of depth. We've got a lot of guys that uh, you know are good shooters that can get hot from the three-point line. Um, you know, so that's part of having a, you know, a good team and being able to play on back-to-backs and make it through uh, the season and be prepared for uh, the playoffs. Next up for the Bucks is a Tuesday night tip-off down in Orlando. Over to college hoops, the Wisconsin Badgers were in desperate need of a win in their regular, regular season finale. And with just under a minute left in the game, the score was tied. Chucky Hepburn came to the rescue. It's a three from Hepburn, and he hits it! Just the second attempted three for Wisconsin this half. That three would give them the 65-62 lead, and the Badgers would go on go on to win by a final score of 71-67 to for their 17th win of the season. After the game, head coach Greg Gard on the effort his group gave for the much-needed road win to finish their regular season. You know, I think it's for us to knock down free throws. I mean, Tyler Wall going 5-for-5, five five, 
was big. Max Klesman, the job he did on Jamison Battle to help hold him one for eight to get 48 points in the paint, and those two guys really produced in there. Those were all important things, and we got great contributions off the bench, even though they didn't score. I thought Lindsey gave us good minutes. I thought Gilmore did some good things when he wasn't sitting with some fouls. So it was, you know, we needed everybody to get this done. Tyler Wall and Stephen Krell each added 21 points as the Badgers used a second-half rally to keep their tournament hopes alive. Next up for those Badgers is the start of their Big Ten tournament as they get set to face off with Ohio State on Wednesday. Tip-off is set for 5.30. A late tournament run may be just what the Badgers need in order to get an invite to the big dance. Ben, you know Ernie Johnson, you know, on the TNT crew for the NBA. Mr. Milwaukee. Grew up in Milwaukee yeah. in the Endress Park neighborhood. He was in town to receive the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation Award of Excellence Incredible. this weekend. He gave a riveting presentation at Pfizer Forum. I was there. I'll share a few highlights of that. Absolutely. With you next. Six twenty-two on Wisconsin's Morning News. All dressed up with important places to go. Eric, you were master of ceremonies for the JDRF event this weekend. Yeah, the big gala downtown. There were three... squeeze yourself into that tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, the, ah, it worked out. Shape. It worked out all right. Uh, so there were three galas all at once: one in Appleton, one in Madison, and ours in Milwaukee for JDRF. So I'm type one diabetic, as you know, and we raised. $1.2 million, so pretty awesome <laughs> party downtown on Saturday night. Between the three events? Yeah, between the yeah. three, yep. That's a huge number. Yeah, dude. very, very proud of that. There's a lot of people willing to give and donate, so it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I also squeezed into my tux, more appropriately for me <laughs> than for you. Uh, my wife and I attended the 32nd Annual Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation event where TNT NBA broadcaster Ernie Johnson received the award of excellence Milwaukee native yeah well so the event he lived here for for the bulk of like his childhood he wasn't born here and he didn't uh they All moved right. away in the early to mid 60s he said um with his dad um and the uh but he claims Milwaukee as like a childhood home anyway uh thanks to Mark Cass our our buddy here at Milwaukee Business Journal had uh, us at his table now folks remember coach Lombardi died too soon of colon cancer and that was a very different time then when he was diagnosed and the treatment that was available for him. Uh, the night for three decades has helped raise money for the foundation. Coach's grandson, John Lombardi, spoke. Very interesting, really humble man. But Ernie Johnson, who, like I said, spent much of his childhood in Milwaukee, was just riveting. Now, you start, and, and not that he needed to, but if, if you want to ingratiate yourself to a Wisconsin crowd, especially at a, an event called Lombardi, right? you start with your Packers knowledge, right? But I grew up a Packers fan. I grew up. I grew up knowing who Vince Lombardi was, and who Bart Starr was, and who Jim Taylor was, and Boyd Dowler, and Max McGee, and Jerry Kramer, and Fuzzy Thurston, and Willie Wood, and Herb Adderley. Just tell me to stop, or I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just tell me to stop, right? I mean, I can keep going. Keep going, right? No, we got you, Ernie. Also refreshing, though, when the national sports types who love to rip Milwaukee, right? They just dump on our town. They don't want to come here. I hope the Bucks don't make the finals. We'll have to go to Milwaukee. You know, here's a guy who is really proud of his connection with this city. And to live in Endress Park and to walk to school at Mother of Good Counsel, and it was uh, it was just a rich childhood. And it's a carefree time when you never think that years later you'll have to deal with something like cancer. So Ernie Johnson at Pfizer Forum Friday night. He beat cancer twice 
and was really emotional talking about his time in the chair, which anyone who's been through it themselves or been through it with a loved one, time in the chair is chemotherapy, where they run that poison through your veins, hoping that it will kill the cancer before it kills you. And it's an emotional time, and it's hard on people physically and psychologically. And Ernie addressed that with another cancer survivor who spoke earlier in the night. You know, for those hours and hours of infusions, staring fellow cancer patients in the eye and seeing them kind of on a regular basis, and seeing after three weeks some look a lot better, and then after six weeks some don't, and it's hard. So you're awesome. I mean, can you hear that in the background when he's talking? You hear nothing. Not a peep. It was so engaging. And and here's the payoff for anyone who's battled anything in life. I mean, Ernie, as I said, beat cancer and then got cancer again and had to go through all of that again. And doctors, with their medicine and with their surgery, they fixed me. But it was my faith and my family and my friends that sustained me. It wasn't, I'm going to trust God if this next test goes back the way I want it to. Or I'll trust God when these treatments are over. Let's trust God. Period. Because he's taking me someplace now that maybe I hadn't, I wouldn't choose. But he's molding me into the man I need to be. So it was never, why me? But how are you going to use this? It was never why me, but how are you going to use this? Man, what a cool night. And that's great. Gracious man, and so so glad that he came home to Milwaukee for all that. So that's uh, Ernie Johnson, if you need a guy to root for in the world. Thank you, Ernie, and congratulations on the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation Award of Excellence. Who's the best dressed? Mark Cass. Yeah? Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> no, no. Pat Connaughton was there for the Bucks. He looked good. Peter Fagan was there. Yeah. He looked good. Mm-hmm. DJ Shauna was in the house. Cool. Um, Jen Lada, our teammate over at ESPN Milwaukee, she had a fabulous dress. Looked like a million bucks. There you go. She had right. important duties that night. So On the stage a bit? Yeah, she, she did a great job. Wonderful night here in Milwaukee. Six forty two on Wisconsin's morning news. It took too long, but Chris Rock finally going all out scorched earth. Yeah, he did. Holy cow. Nearly a on year. Will Smith. Nearly a year after he was slapped or punched by Will Smith during the Oscars, uh, Chris Rock held a uh, a live streaming event on Netflix, a comedic show where the final topic was basically this. He started on other things for about an hour, and then he went into the so he did a regular whole oh, yeah. act, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then got it finished with this. Close to an hour into the set, yeah, he, he got into this. Y'all know what happened to me? Getting smacked by Suge Smith. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yes, it happened. I got smacked like a year ago. And people like didn't hurt. It still hurts. <laughs> I got summertime ringing in my ears. <laughs> now, he did say, though, that he said multiple times that he is not a victim. He refused to play that card. He's like, I ain't going to be talking to Oprah or doing any of that, <laughs> that stuff. Part. I mean, he won't see me crying. He joked that for anyone who says words hurt, he's like, anyone who said that hasn't been punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and he talked about just how big Will Smith is. You know you can't tell on camera, Will Smith is significant. 
significantly bigger than me. We are not the same size, okay? We are not. It's got this guy, Fussman does movies with his shirt off. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery, I got on a sweater. <laughs> So a couple of times, but he did, and there's been a strong reaction. He did go after Jada and Will and their marriage and some of the tabloid stuff that has followed their marriage over the years. And he basically said, look, they put their problems out there for everyone to see in the ear, and now they're coming after me. So he, he... he pulled no punches when it came to going after the two of them and their relationship that they. Can you watch that back now? Is it like posted yeah. on Netflix? So, so if you yeah, have Netflix, the, you yeah. can watch it. So they do the live version of it where it's streamed, and then now it's posted as if it were just any regular comedy show on Netflix. It's not PG. No, I'll tell you that. it's not even <laughs> close. Brandon's got sports coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. As one streak ends, a new one begins as the Milwaukee Bucks are back in the win column after losing Saturday to snap their 16-game win streak, this time beating the Washington Wizards by a final score of 117-111. to 111. Giannis finished the game with his fourth triple-double of the season with 23 points, 13 assists, and 10 rebounds. Drew Holiday added 19, and Javon Carter scored 20 points off the bench. Next up is a trip down to Orlando for a Tuesday night tip-off. In college hoops, it took a late clutch three from guard Chucky Hepburn as the Wisconsin Badgers survive a close one, edging the Minnesota Gophers by a final score of 71-67. to Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell each added 21 points as the Badgers used a second-half rally to keep their tournament hopes alive. Next up for the Badgers is the start of their Big Ten tournament as they get set to face off with Ohio State on Wednesday. Tip-off is set. For 5:30, it's time for extra points. A sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks had an interesting weekend. It started with welcoming in Joel Embiid and old friend James Harden on Saturday, which resulted, in my opinion, as the most frustrating loss of the season. Up 14 points heading into the fourth quarter, the Bucks will go on to allow a season high 48 points and lose by a single possession of three points which ultimately snapped their 16-game win streak. But it was a quick turnaround for the Deers. They sailed right off after the tough loss to take on the playoff hopeful Washington Wizards that resulted in a close, nail-biting fourth-quarter finish that resulted in a win, marking their 46th of the season. Long story short, a win and a loss in close games, which got me thinking as the 2023 NBA playoffs are just weeks away, how good are the Milwaukee Bucks in close games? Well... According to NBA.com, the Milwaukee Bucks currently rank number one in the entire league in clutch performances, which calculates minutes when the scoring margin is within five points with five or fewer minutes remaining in a game. As it sits right now, the Bucks are 24-7 and in this metric. The Boston Celtics come in second, and the Philadelphia 76ers come in fifth. Again, long story short, this is exactly where you want the Milwaukee Bucks to be, as the season gets very serious very soon. The Bucks are the best when it comes to crunch time, which really bodes well for the playoffs that will likely result in many close games and will, without a doubt, result in facing one of or maybe both of those teams mentioned above. You can always give love to Giannis, Chris, and even Drew when it comes to winning close games at the end. Absolutely no doubt about that. But also, give, give head coach Mike Budenholzer some credit. As much as he gets critiqued for his lineups at times, he's the coach right now 
that I'll take over all the others in the National Basketball Association when it comes to crunch time in games and playoffs, especially as the Bucks look to plan their second parade in three years. Former President Donald Trump gave a rousing speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference, otherwise known as CPAC, this weekend. If you love him, you loved the speech. If you don't, you didn't. Asked by reporters late Saturday if he's staying in the race for 2024, despite his ongoing legal issues. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't even think about leaving. So Trump is all in. Former Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland is out saying he will not seek the Republican nomination, but that's not all he said. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts is with us from Washington. Steve, Governor Hogan also said it's time for Republicans to move on from former President Trump, but Trump had a healthy and enthusiastic crowd at CPAC. So what do we make of all that? What we make of it is the Republican Party is increasingly split over the future of Donald Trump. Um, You're absolutely right. He got 62% of the vote, a straw vote in, in CPAC, and his base of support uh, is still fervent. But as uh, Larry Hogan, he was a very popular Republican governor in a very Democratic state, Maryland. He warned not only that the party should move on from Trump, but he denounced what he called angry performative politics, which is a direct slap at Trump. Um, and he also warned the Republican Party that he did, and, and, and explaining one of the reasons why he's not running is that he said he warned against a multi-car pileup. Uh, meaning that if there are too many people in the race against Trump, that would make it easier for Trump to get the nomination. Of course, that's exactly what happened in 2016. Donald Trump was not the choice of a majority of Republicans, but you had Jeb Bush, the governor of Florida, you had Ted Cruz, the senator from Texas, many others running. And Trump won the nomination, even though he was clearly the choice of a minority of Republicans. And so um, that's the split. You have the hardcore base of Trump supporters that are still there, but there's a growing number of Republicans who agree with Hogan that the party should move on. There was an NPR poll just the other day. Republicans were asked, do you have a better chance of winning with Trump or somebody else? Only 42 percent said better chance with Trump. Fifty four percent said better chance with somebody else. So Hogan speaks for a lot of people. But so do But the Trump supporters are still there. So what do you make of Ron DeSantis skipping CPAC, Nikki Haley going to CPAC? I mean, I think former Ambassador Haley just needed to get in front of anybody as she's polling lower, certainly, than DeSantis. But uh, why did uh, the governor of Florida decide not to attend the conference? Was it just because he knew it was going to be a Trump crowd? Largely, sure. Uh, And um, he just didn't want to be booed. You know, he didn't want to be razzed. That would just not look good. So he instead, he goes to California. He speaks at the Ronald Reagan Library. Um, he has this uh, very uh, a sellout crowd. He uh, sort of touches the, the legend and the myth of Ronald Reagan. Uh, and by the way, he also goes to a fundraiser in Orange County and raises an enormous amount of money for his own campaign and for the Republican Party. Um, and it gives him a, a separate stage. And it was very interesting to hear DeSantis over the weekend because he saw the beginnings of his campaign approach. Um, And there were two themes to it. One was that in in Florida, as he put it, um, uh, was a refuge of sanity during the pandemic. He kept the schools open, he said. He gave people more of a choice about whether they'd be vaccinated or not. And 
He also pointed out that Florida had a big influx of population, people coming to Florida in part because of their low tax policies. Um, and uh, so he's, he's trying to carve out uh, a, a niche among Trump voters, but uh, he's 32 years younger. He doesn't have the baggage of Trump. Um, and he has this argument that he's uh, it's trying to appeal to young parents by using the, uh, the slogan of parental rights, using the issue of keeping the schools open. And that potentially has um, a, a, a real staying power. There are a whole lot of families in the country still reeling from the after effects of the pandemic on their children who stayed out of school for a long time, fell behind in school, still have emotional problems as a result of it. And that uh, that's an issue that Trump can't really uh, duplicate. And DeSantis uh, used it very well in his reelection campaign last year. He's going to hear a lot more from him on the campaign trail, focusing on that question of parental rights. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts with us on Mondays. Thanks, Steve. Great to catch up with you. Always a pleasure.